Episode 60, Bonus Edition, Interview with Kristen Hauser. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. educators, this is Gretchen from Always a Lesson, and I'm here to empower you to reach your potential. I always refer to you as elite because only an elite educator would take time to invest in themselves by listening to podcasts like this to help hone their craft. Well, today is a special day because we have a guest appearance. I want to help you reignite your passion and potential by learning from another elite educator named Kristen Hauser, who has one empowering message. So she was a classroom teacher for seven years and then just finished her fifth year of instructional coaching. She has a fantastic blog dedicated just to coaches or those interested in going into coaching. It's MissHauser.com, and Hauser spelled H-O-U-S-E-R. And this blog, as I said, is so fantastic. It serves over 7,000 coaches and teacher leaders. Her resources are fantastic. The tone of her blog post is really personal and easy to read. She pulls back the curtain and really lets you see what's going on. And I know she's working on something really cool to help you out and really pull back the curtain VIP access. So tune into this episode to hear exactly what that is. But she is the creator of the Time and To Do Planner. So this is a planner that's made especially for educators and other busy professionals. And I know that she is so excited for you to have access to that. So make sure you check out MissHauser.com. Well, she has become a dear friend. She has become a colleague of mine. She has become a virtual colleague of mine, and I was so excited to finally get our two calendars to mesh so we could sit down and talk. Our paths are so similar of the amount of time we are in the classroom and how long we've been coaching and really all the lessons we've learned that we really kind of latched onto each other when we found one another on social media and said, oh my gosh, like we have got to collaborate. So I'm sure you're going to hear more from her as she and I continue to figure out how we can best help teachers. But for right now, let's go ahead and tune in to hear what she had to say. Well, hey, Kristen, thank you so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Hey, Gretchen. So great to be here. Well, elite educators around the world are just so eager to hear from you today. So I'm going to jump right in. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So let's start and set the scene and share with the listeners how our two paths have crossed. Sure. So, and help me remember, Gretchen, but I believe that we crossed paths initially on Twitter. Uh I think you had come across a tweet that I was referenced in. And then you had reached out and you emailed me and you said, hey, introduced yourself and you suggested that, you know, maybe we try to connect or collaborate in the future. So I got your email and I, and I had didn't know you at the time or the work that you were doing. So I checked out your blog and I was 
so super impressed by all of the, you know, great content that you were putting out. And I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh my gosh, totally. We should definitely connect. And I think that was back at the beginning of this year. So, and we've kind of been back and forth since then. So I'm really glad that we've finally managed to work something out. I know. Uh, For those of you who don't know, I've been trying to do something with Kristen for some time now and our schedules have just been off and of course we're both very busy people with business and then school and so I'm just very excited that today is the day we have finally come together and she's going to just share with you so much fantastic content so make sure you tune in. Uh, Speaking Mm -hmm. to that Kristen why don't you share with us what is your current position in the field of education right now? Sure so I will be going into my 13th year in education which is pretty crazy Um, This will be my 13th year at the same school, actually. I was a classroom teacher for seven years. I taught third grade, second grade, and fourth grade. And I did a bit of work um, working as a teacher leader with second language learners. And then five years ago, this is my fifth year anniversary as a coach, I transitioned into my current current role, excuse me, as an instructional coach. So this will be my going on sixth year of coaching. So tell us, because I've chatted with a couple other coaches, and every school system structures it differently. So do you have, like, an office that's in the front office, and then you just go out and see classrooms, or do you go to multiple schools? How is yours structured? Good question. So I was really lucky. Um, I coach only at my school, so I don't I do not do traveling coaching, which I, I think actually is really nice. Um, I had the benefit of going into this role, you know, as I said, at my school, which gave me um, the opportunity to work with teachers who I already knew. So it was a little bit of a less um, stressful transition, I think I'd say for me. And at that time, I'm really, I was really lucky because our school was going through this huge building remodel. And because I'd been there so, so for so long, I was on this building remodel committee and I had to say, I had a say as far as, you know, the spaces of the building and how we were going to set things up. And I said, we should have a coach's office. And our principal at the time was like, we should. (laughs) So into those um, building remodel plans, we created a a PD space. So a space that we have specifically for professional development for teachers and also a coaching space. So I am not in the front office. I'm actually at the very back of the building, which is actually really, really nice. I have my own space. Yeah, I can go I can have my you know, quiet downtime for planning, but then get back up and get involved with classroom work and whatever else is going on in the building when I need to be. But I do have that space just to kind of retreat to. So that's been super nice. Yeah, and what I like about that structure is you're not getting pulled to do administrative tasks. You know, go watch the lunchroom or take this phone call because you're not up there. Exactly. And I hear from so many coaches who that happens to, and I just, I guess I've been really lucky. You know, my principal has been fully, fully supportive of the work that myself and another coach who works at our school do and really believes that, you know, our time is, should be dedicated to visiting classrooms and supporting teachers and not being pulled for some of the various kind of random administrative tasks that sometimes coaches are, are pulled for. Yeah. So when you mentioned yourself and another coach, how are you guys separating your coaching duties? So I, um, we're an expeditionary learning school, which is essentially a project-based learning school. So my technical position is an instructional guide. So I'm responsible for, um, you know, what 
what we commonly think of as literacy coaches. I, I coach around that, so Common Core, but also um, some of the particular work that we do as an expeditionary learning coach, that falls on my plate, along with the majority of the, the professional development in the building. And then Deb, she is a math coach, um, so she she focuses strictly on math content, so I don't do any of that coaching. Got it. So you're both what, K-5, but you have different subject areas? Yeah, thanks for the clarification. We are in elementary school. It is K-5, so yeah, she takes on just math, and I take on literacy, kind of the project-based learning stuff that we're doing. Cool. Yeah, that's how we do it in our district. It's just interesting to hear, because coaching's so new, and schools are like, oh my gosh, I hear coaching yeah. is like the new thing. Let me just hire somebody, and they have no idea what they want the person to do, if they want them to do a subject, or they want them to work with new teachers, and it can become such chaos and ineffective. So you've really got to have a plan. So it sounds like your principal was ready for you and knew exactly what you wanted. He, they wanted you to do. Totally. And I'm so thankful for that because I have so many coaches who reach out to me through my blog and they say, you know, can do you, could you give me any clarity on, you know, what this role looks like? And I'm like, I, I mean, not really because the role looks so differently in districts and buildings you know, across the nation, and unfortunately, the leadership doesn't provide them with much direction, so they're left with, uh, what am I doing? Um, you know, and on the other hand, my principal was really clear about our roles and responsibilities uh, as a coach, so I was able to, you know, get up and going and run with that. That's good, and I know that now you're kind of like the expert coach, but thinking about <laughs> your journey, you know, what is kind of a lesson you didn't either expect to learn or that just experience itself has taught you in your role? Yeah, I love this question, and I was I was actually reflecting on this question at, at the end of this school year since, as, as I said earlier, this school year marks the end of my fifth year as a coach, which was, you know, crazy. So I was thinking back, what have I learned? You know, what, what can I kind of chisel down to be the most important lessons or takeaways that I might be able to share with other coaches? And if, if any of your listeners are interested, Gretchen, I wrote a blog post on it. They can check out my blog, com for that. Okay, cool. But I think one of the... One of the like standout lessons that I've that I've learned is to take your job seriously because you are in a leadership role, you are doing super important work, but don't take yourself too seriously. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, by that I mean, you know, coaching is for sure super hard work, especially when you're just moving into this role and you might not have a lot of support. So it's really important to go in and have a really strong growth mindset to know that you're going to mess up. You're not going to have all of the answers to everyone's questions and you're not going to be perfect. But all of that is totally okay because, you know, in the end, it's not the end of the world if you don't know everything right at this exact moment and you can and you definitely will get better. Um, You know, I think that sometimes when I can remember myself going to this coaching position and thinking, okay, I'm a leader, I'm a coach, I have to be perfect, I have to get it all right, then it's not fun and you're stressed out all the time. So just, and I still have to remind myself of this because I still get stressed out about, you know, some of the situations that come up day to day for me, but I really try to go in still every day and remind myself that I'm so lucky to be doing the work that I am doing, to be learning with and by teachers. I have fun with what I do. You know, I still don't know everything, 
but I do the best I can with what I know. Mm. And I just, I just keep working at getting better. That's so good. And it's what we want our kids to do. Like if they ask you a question in the classroom and you don't know, we don't want you to make something up or say, I don't know, take that moment and research it together. I mean, teachers don't know everything and same thing with coaches and you're almost Mm -hmm. thankful because every time you don't know something, it's an opportunity to grow. And so I love that you're saying it's okay to own that you don't know it as long as you, I guess, kind of have access to people who do or you have methods that you can learn it and I think just being a resource versus a perfectionist is probably the most important. Totally, totally. You summed it up so well. You know, we're really there to be a partner. We're not the, you know, all being know it all of, of the building. We're we're we won't have all the answers. But as you said, it's not to say, I don't know, you go figure it out. It's mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's figure this out together Together. yeah we'll get there that's awesome well you have been in tons of classrooms I mean working k-5 is fantastic you get to see a range of personality types you know you know what instructional practices work well with one age of a student versus another so what would you say now that you've been doing that for quite some time what would make Mm -hmm. what characteristics make an educator great yeah I think about that you know, I think about it all the time. There's so much that I am able to take away from the visits that I do with with teachers and in classrooms. And I think that one defining characteristic that really stands out in my mind when I I think about great educators is that they are on a constant quest to get better. And, you know, I think there's no denying that getting better and improving can, can be hard sometimes. I think so many teachers who you know, are just trying to keep up to keep their heads above water, let alone, oh my gosh, now you tell me I need to like take on a ton of new learning and apply it and get better, get better, get better. It can feel overwhelming. But, you know, I think that getting better at your craft as a teacher doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go home after school and, you know, study for several hours a night. I think it just means that you pause, you take time to reflect at the end of the day, you think about, okay, what did I do well today? Or what maybe didn't go so well today? And what could I do better tomorrow? Um, You know, these teachers that come to mind who are on that quest to get better are constantly just popping into my office. They ask questions. They say, hey, Kristen, come on by. Can you just, you know, check out my lesson and give me some feedback? Um, they, you know, you could check out helpful blogs, Twitter, there are all kinds of resources that you can use to get better. But the point is that you're not just content with where you are, where, where you currently are. You know that to do the work that, you know, you're capable of as a great educator and that what your students demand, you're always tweaking and refining and improving your practice as teachers. I think that's great. And when I'm working with new teachers, we have this intensive summer program where we're gearing them up, teaching them as much as we can. And a lot of them are very resistant to feedback because these guys come from a a different career. So they have life experience. And so I'm coaching someone who's much older than me. And, you know, they are looking to me like, what could you possibly know? Like, why are you critiquing me? But what I say is it's not that my suggestion is the answer. It's here's an idea. Let's just 
just give it a try and then from there tweak it or try something else. But we can't keep doing the same things and expecting different results. So I'm so thankful you're seeing that with your teachers too, that if you just have an open mind to take in what I'm saying yeah. and you're willing to give it a shot, you're going to improve because it's just the fact that your mind is open to possibilities. Exactly, Gretchen. It goes back to that growth mindset piece. And, you know, we, we felt so strongly about the importance of having that growth mindset and being open to people coming to your classroom and being open to feedback and, you know, wanting to improve that we did a whole series of, of PD on it at the beginning of the year just around growth mindset. What does that look like? What does that sound like? What can you do to, um, to, cause sometimes some of us, just naturally fall back into that fixed mindset state. But what can you do to be aware of that and then to kind of, you know, move yourself out of it? So, yeah. yes. And what's different with coaching is, you know, observations, we're so used to the principal coming in, they're going to give us a rating, like there's no way we can argue ourselves out of it. And coaching is so different. It's like really someone mm-hmm. trying to help you get better versus just rating you on some rubric and saying that this is like your level of effectiveness. And I think it's just a mindset change from we're, we're not used to that. And so it is awkward when someone gives you feedback, you're kind of like, what do I do with this, you know, or like how much value do I place on this? And I feel awkward in the spotlight and I don't want all these people in my room. And, you know, so it's a culture change. And I love that you guys prioritize that at your school and said, we're going to start our year off talking about this and talking about what it looks like and just making it a habit or, you know, some kind of uh, routine that you do each and every day. And I'm sure you've seen teaching that, would you say? Absolutely. And I almost think, you know, as you were were talking, it's almost like there's almost like a culture of coaching or a culture of, of, you know, accepting and receiving and implementing feedback that you almost have to develop at your school. It's like we are all in the same boat. Nobody here is perfect. My door is open all of the time. Coaching and getting feedback is something that we just do as teachers in this building to better serve our kids. So I think, you know, for us in our school, we've worked that kind of building of culture. It doesn't necessarily happen overnight, but it is worth the sustained effort that, you know, it's, it sometimes requires just to get to that place where, where teachers are just eager and hungry for coaching and for the feedback. Well, I had asked you a a few minutes ago about just general advice for teachers, and then we talked about what makes a teacher great. But I want to really niche down because I've got a a variety of listeners. We have new teachers. We've got teachers that are transitioning to different roles or maybe in distress of potentially losing their job. And then we've got teacher leaders. So if you could speak to one of those groups, what advice would you give them? Oh, I know. I kind of just want to speak to everybody, but if I could speak to just one, and I think that my response to this question comes specifically from it being that it is the beginning of the school year. And around this time of year, I, it never fails. I've been blogging for, you know, over five years. I always have newer coaches email me um, and say, uh, I've, I've been a classroom teacher for several years. I'm just going into the class, into coaching. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm so nervous. Please help. 
so, you know, I, I think of those as like the new teachers in transition or new coaches, I guess, in transition. And I think that, you know, this goes back to kind of my, the biggest lesson I've learned, which is don't take yourself too seriously. And my, my advice is always just, okay, take a deep breath. <laughs> don't worry. Everything is going to be okay. And I think it's just constantly reminding yourself that you will go in and you will not know everything, but you just have to do the best you can with what you know, push yourself to keep learning, revise, work at getting better, and things are, you know, totally going to be okay. And I think, you know, often I say so many coaches don't have that formal training and they're like, what can I read? Where can I go? What conferences should I go to to learn about? And, and I think this applies to teaching as well, but especially with coaching, even if you have received some formal training as a coach, really the only way to, you know, improve and apply and get there is just to do it. Just mm -hmm. get in there and practice, you know, don't delay on scheduling your first coaching cycle because you're scared you can't do it. You have to be bold and take risks and be accepting of failure and be okay with that and I think through that repeated just um, application and practice you'll find that your confidence starts to build from day to day from week to week you will start to get better your conversations will start to get better and it's not like a I've arrived I've gotten there because you know you will be as I said earlier on a continuous quest to keep getting better, to keep taking risks, to keep pushing yourself further outside of your comfort zone. Well, yeah, and I mean, your teachers you're serving are changing year to year, and the requirements of the district or the state change. So it's never like you've quite figured it out before a new ball comes, and you've got to keep that in the air, and so you're constantly learning. I mean, lifelong learning is what it's about, but I love that you're really saying sometimes you just got to be honest with the fact that you don't know it all and be okay with it and just own it. And I've heard you say that throughout this conversation about that growth mindset. I mean, I don't want people coming into the environment and saying, I know it all and I'm the best because I was chosen for this leadership position. And then they tank because they really have, you know, expectations that are just way too high of themselves in a role they've never really done before. So I always say, I am so happy you got this new role but I just want you to know you were qualified to get to this point. So from now on, we're starting fresh. Like you're starting from zero as if you don't know anything because I don't want you to say, oh, well, they picked me out of five people. That means I'm going to be this all-star. And it's like, nope, we all over again. I love that advice, Gretchen. I got to steal that one from go, you. Go, definitely <laughs> go ahead. Um, so we're uh, talking about so much about helping teachers get better, but how are you getting better? I look up to. So I don't have, you know, like sometimes when I think about mentors, when people think about mentors, you think of like this all knowing guru or person that, you know, enlightens you on a weekly basis. I don't have that person in my life, although I did, that would be cool. Um, <laughs> but I, I do have a network of both in person and who I call my virtual mentors or people who I, I know that I can go to for advice and they keep me going. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the math coach at our school, um, she's been coaching for quite a while longer than I have. And she is so good at what she does. So 
I am so appreciative that she's someone in my building that I can go directly to when I'm struggling or I just need advice. I think coaching can be very isolating um, at times because you don't have that kind of comfort of your grade level team that yeah. you once have. So, so Deb is definitely that person for me as far as, you know, school and coaching goes. And, you know, my husband is actually a really big mentor for me. He is so smart and so naturally good at giving advice. And sometimes, you know, I'm like, ah, I have this big problem and my world's going to crash down. And he's just like, chill out, Kristen, everything's going to be okay. And he kind of, you know, gives me advice and talks me through it. Um, and then, you know, I, I was saying earlier, I have virtual mentors. I love podcasts. And I listen to them all the time. I think it's such a cool, cool way to connect with other people who um, are are or are headed to where you know you want to go to. I am totally inspired by your podcast, Gretchen. I love Thank you. Daniel at Better Leaders, Better Schools. Yep. And then I also, you know, like outside of my teaching life, I have a personal life. I'm really into health and fitness. So I, you know, I listen to Sean at model health show and I side business and other pursuits outside of teaching. So I love Patlin and smart passive income. So I think, yeah, I, I think I could say that I have the kind of this network of, of mentors who keep me going. I love that you call it a network because I always thought I needed this one person who could help me with every area of my life. And what it turns out yeah. is people are experts in certain things. So I have a mentor that's going to help me, when I was a teacher with classroom management and I've got a mentor who's really strong in literacy and I've got a mentor who's great at, you know, working with parents. And then when it was coaching, it's, I've got a mentor who's really great with paperwork and data collection and, you know, and so you've got to just create yep. your own tribe of people and you say, where am I weak and who is really good at that? I've got to get to know that person. And so the fact that you even branch out and say, Hey, I've got people in my building, but I've got people virtually I can reach out to within seconds. And you even know, know why you're going to this person you know this podcast mm -hmm. is is going to fill me with information I need for this and that's why I'm listening you have so much intention with the relationships that you've created it's really powerful totally thank you you know and I would encourage you know sometimes it's like you hear this advice of like you need a mentor I need a mentor you need I to get better that's the only way you get better is with a mentor but you know, think creatively about how you can have mentors in your life virtually through books. There's lots of different ways that you can be inspired by and learn from others. Yeah, absolutely. So what are you currently working on? What would you say is your current project that is really going to have an impact in education? Oh, man, I got lots of projects going on, Gretchen. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, my um, my blog, MissHazard.com, is definitely a passion of mine. I started it five years ago just as a resource that I wish that I had had as an instructional coach mm -hmm. um, going, in, going into my position. And, you know, I've created some, like, planning kits for teachers, but there's so much more that I want to create. One that I've um, just actually started working on finally is um, it's a walkthrough a coaching cycle workshop for coaches. So I have, you know, a lot of readers on my blog email me and say, Hey, Kristen, can you please share more videos of yourself coaching other teachers? Cause we really want to see it in action and hear kind of the words that you say. And, and I'm not a big fan of videotaping myself, but I was like, sure, I could do that. 
Um, so last year I recorded uh, a few different coaching conversations that took place through a coaching cycle with one of the teachers that I worked with. And I'm now in the process of putting those together to create um, an online workshop that walks coaches through a coaching cycle so that they can just get a better understanding or picture of kind of, you know, the steps in it, what it looks like so that they can hopefully implement one themselves successfully and feel more confident in doing so. So I'm super excited about that. That's kind of the one that I'm zooming in on and trying to finish up before, you know, all the, the hectic hecticness of the, the new school year starts up here pretty soon. Well, that's awesome. And the fact that feedback from people who are looking up to you helped you design this product is really what it's all about. If you're really here to coach and to help and to provide resources, being able to listen to them and say, okay, you you want to see me in action and I absolutely don't mind. I am not happy about myself on video, but yeah. you need it and want it and I'm going to provide it for you. And I think that's so selfless and exactly what a coach is. It's let me help you get better. And if that's what I'm willing to do it. Totally. Thanks, Gretchen. So how are you staying current in what's happening? I know you mentioned you're listening to podcasts and you've got some mentors, but what's kind of your go-to to make sure you're, you know, ear to the street to what's the latest in education? You know, podcasts are are one of my main go-tos. I love just kind of um, being smart with my time. You know, I walk my dog an hour a day, I'm commuting an hour a day, and I can't put a book in front of my face during that time and learn during the time. So I find that <laughs> just popping in my earphones or plugging in a podcast is such a good way just to listen to the stories of other educators, you know, what people are learning about. And I, I find myself just constantly inspired and motivated to learn more by, by what I'm hearing on podcasts. Um, I also love the Feedly app. I just started using it maybe a couple months ago, but I found myself at night kind of like clicking through all these blogs I wanted to read. And I was like, oh, there's got to be more efficient a way to do this. So Feedly just catalogs all of the blogs you want to keep up with. And it gives you their latest posts. Oh, is it kind of like blog loving? I don't know blog loving that well, but maybe. Is it? Well, what that does is you you just say, oh, I want to follow such and such blogs. And it condenses it into like a news feed like Facebook would be. And you can just click through and read the ones you want. Exactly. Yes. Okay. That's exactly. Like cool. Yes. Um, I, I'm on Twitter, Gretchen, but I need to be better about getting involved in the Twitter chats. And, you know, I know that's such a valuable resource. I, I'm, I'm going to get there this year, but, you know, I'll scroll through and, and people are so good about sharing resources and ideas. I like magazines. I subscribe to Educational Leadership and Scholastic are two of my favorite. Um, and then, you know, I'll, I'll read, I do reading too. So right now I'm reading the, to get the together leader by Maya Hayek and I'm totally nerdy about organizing and time management. So I'm loving this book right now getting all kinds of good ideas for the beginning of the school year. That's awesome. All these resources you're mentioning, I'm going to leak up uh, in the show notes so people can access them. I had an idea for you. If you feel like Twitter chats are hard because, of the time, and by the time you get home, you just don't want to hop on the computer and join. You could do something with your own staff this year and, you know, flip PD, and maybe you guys are all doing your own thing and you're, you know, have a chat going on at some point about some topic, and then you're exposing 
all of those teachers to the power behind connections outside of the building walls. And then you're all kind of doing it together. I love it. Gretchen, you're reading my mind. These are all like, I'm kind of, kind of jotting out ideas this summer for what I can do differently for PD next year. And the concept of, you know, differentiating PD or flipping PD or bringing social media into the picture in some way is something that I have totally made a goal of mine. So I need to include you in my mentor network, Gretchen, so you can <laughs> teach me about all this stuff. <laughs> oh, I sure will. It's so fun and easy. And the reason I say I want your teachers to know it because it's had such an impact on my life and where my profession is kind of going in terms of what I'm interested in that I don't want anyone to miss out. Just like I'm sure you don't want people to miss out on certain podcasts you love. You know, when you really find something that works for you, you want to like shout it from the rooftops. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Well, tell us about, let's go back to your teaching. So tell us about your all-star teacher moment. If you want to do a coaching moment, I can totally adjust. That's fine with me. Cool. So, you know, it's kind of like a a coach slash teacher moment since I am a coach, but I still totally consider myself a teacher. So maybe my all-star teacher coach moment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So this goes back to my first year of coaching. And, you know, granted, it's my first year. I've just moved into this role. I feel like I don't have any idea what I'm doing. I'm not making an impact on the teachers that I'm working with. Um, So this is something that always sticks with me. But there was a day when a group of other teachers and administrators had come to visit our school and they wanted to learn about the work that we were doing. And after doing a round of classroom visits, we'd arrange for a panel of teachers at our school to speak to these guests and answer some questions for them. And one of the questions that was asked to these teachers was, so what have you guys found the most supportive in your work here at your school as a teacher and one of the teachers who I had coached that that year she was actually like my first or second teacher who I'd ever coached and I was like you know not confident at all in the work that I had done with her but she responded by saying that her experience in working with me through coaching was one of the most supportive um forms of professional development that she ever received and she went on to say how much she learned you know in working with me and I'm there in the back of the room about to fall off my seat like are you serious oh my gosh I really made an impact so I was just over the moon excited and it was just so reassuring for me during that particular time that you know my work as a coach could be and and really would be impactful and it just gave me so much more confidence in, in what I was doing and wanting to move forward and improving and, and continuing my work and coaching. That's an awesome story. And it even makes me think how gracious the people we work with are because in our heads we're thinking about, oh my gosh, and you mentioned she was like one of the first ones, like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if this is the right verbiage. I don't know if I'm recording the right things. And here she's on the other side of the table thinking like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and we're both in our own heads, like clueless that the other person feels. And all her feedback to you was like nothing about what you had probably been worrying about. And so that just really encourages us to just check the ego at the door. Or who cares? They're not thinking about you. They're worried about their own problems. Exactly. Check the ego at the door. You're probably doing a lot more good than you are doing harm. So don't stress so much. <laughs> 
I wanted to ask you, I know that you've been, well, you had this product that you've created, and I think it's available on your website. And um, is it like a teacher? Tell me more about that. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I, when I moved out of teaching and into coaching, I, when I was teaching, I always had my trusty lesson planner with me. So I, that was my plans. Those were my to-dos. That was my schedule. That was what I needed. And then I went into coaching. I was like, oh my gosh, I've no idea what I'm doing. I need something to get, keep me organized. And so kind of through my work in coaching, I, I created a product that I actually used for myself just to keep myself organized as a coach. It's called the Time and To-Do Planner. It's going into the second year of production. I'm super excited about it. Lots of other coaches are currently using it too. So I'm, I'm just so glad that I was able to, it took a lot of time and effort to bring into life, but I've, you know, seen so many coaches who are sharing their pictures of, of them with the planner and how it's helped them. So that's been a super exciting success story for me. Thank you for asking about it. Yeah. So if I need that in my life, which I do, uh, where do I go? Or misshauser.com is your website, right? Yep, MissHauser.com. You can find it there. We also have a direct site. It's at timeandtodoplanner.com. Oh, cool. Oh, very easy. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to be respectful of your time, but before I let you go, I do want to ask you one more question. And that question is, how do you reignite your pattern? Yeah, so I think that's such an important question. Um, I think you know, just in, in, in an effort to keep that passion and potential ignited in the first place. So, you know, there's less reigniting to do. I think one of the most important things we can do is just to take care of ourselves. And, you know, it sounds so simple and easy to do, but unfortunately I think it's something that a lot of us educators often overlook. And I think in light of the demands of our work, our days, Everyone else that we're taking care of in our, in our classrooms, and our schools, it's so super important to take the time to do. And I think taking care of yourself can be something as simple as, you know, for me, I have a morning routine that I go through each day that helps me feel good and motivated and prepared to take on my day. It's, you know, rather than jumping straight out of bed and into the shower and grab your coffee and off to school and worrying about everything that you need to do and feeling stressed out already before you even get to school. How about instead you, you know, take some time to wake up in the morning. You just have five minutes of quiet time with yourself. Think about what's going well for you, what you're feeling good about, what you're feeling grateful about. You know, I make myself a smoothie. So I have some, something good to eat during the day I get in some exercise because that's so key for me in making sure that I'm doing my best work during the day. And then on the way to school, like I said earlier, it's using that driving time not to like worry about what you're headed into during the day, but to inspire yourself by checking in with your virtual podcast mentors. And I think, you know, I, I find that in just doing that simple little routine each day and taking care of myself. I'm much more able to live up to my potential as an educator and be more passionate about the work that I'm doing. So what if I'm not a morning person? That all sounds like the best way to start my day, but I cannot get myself out of bed unless I physically am running out of time and have to go. So what would you say to someone like me who could benefit from that sort of calm 
centered routine. Are you a night person, Gretchen? Um, night. I. What are you? I'm kind of in the middle. I I don't like to get up too yeah. early, but and I also don't like to stay up too late. I think I'm a midday person. That's my best time. <laughs> cool. Then I think you know, like if you're a midday person, it's like it maybe you use ten or fifteen minutes of your lunch hour to turn off your lights in your classroom and do a little bit of breathing and, and thinking about what went well that morning rather than, you know, frantically racing through the school and trying to get all of your copies ready. Maybe you organized your time that day a little bit better to give yourself some time back at lunch. Um, you know, and your point is a good one. I think not all of us are early birds. Go get them um, in the morning. And I'm not saying that you have to set aside, like, an hour and a half of time in the morning because the reality is that we don't have that time. It's, you know, can you take five minutes to just do some breathing, to walk around the block, to plug in a podcast on your way to school? And I think if you're if you're an evening person, do the same thing, you know, like look at your plans from the day, what you did that day, um, what went well, what could go better tomorrow. Um, and you know, so you go to you go to bed with a kind of a clear, rested mind rather than a frantic one. Yeah, because if we're not taking care of ourselves, we're not going to do a good job. And you said you need to do these things so you can do your best work. And the quickest way to get burnt out or hate the profession and leave is to not take care of yourself. And I know that seems selfish to put yourself first when you're in a job of helping others. But in order to help someone else, you've got to do you first. Exactly. And I think that, you know, my answer comes from seeing so many teachers, new teachers in their first or fifth year of teaching who feel like they can't do it anymore. They can't keep up because they're just so overwhelmed and they're so stressed out. And unfortunately, we've lost some of those teachers. And the advice that I always try to give them is slow down, you know, take care, take some time to take care of yourself. You will, you will find that a little extra energy and effort into making some space in your day for yourself will totally pay off in the long run. Yeah, that's great. Well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, we're so thankful that you took time to speak with us. Why don't you, how we can connect with you? I had so much fun, Gretchen. Thank you again for inviting me. Um, I'd love to ask your readers to, to come and visit me over at my blog, MissHauser.com. Um, I'm on Twitter at Miss, under, Miss underscore Hauser as well. Awesome. Well, we definitely need to take you up on your offer. You've got great things that you're uh, creating and helping coaches, but you're also there for teachers as well. And I encourage everyone listening to just reach out. She's a super sweet person willing to answer any questions you have. Please don't feel intimidated um, and help you in any way she can. All right. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. I enjoyed chatting with you and finally getting connected. And I can't wait to continue working together and seeing how else we can, you know, impact the educational field. Thank you, Gretchen. That was so much fun. Yeah. I'll talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Well, that's what you got there, Elite Educators, one fantastic educator on fire to help other teachers be their best so that students can also become their best.
please make sure you check out the show notes on alwaysalesson.com. It's under the podcast section. You'll see the interview right there. You can listen to it again, but you can also see some really cool quotables of things she and I shared during the episode and, of course, all the resources that she says you've got to get your hands on. So make sure you go on over there and snag them. And I highly encourage you to connect with Kristen. She's got the heart of gold and really just willing to go above and beyond to help in any way that she can. So if you've got a burning question or you've got a problem you think she can solve, please don't hesitate to reach out. And Kristen, if you're listening, thank you so much for joining us. It was a pleasure chatting with you and I can't wait to continue collaborating. All right, Elite Educators, that is a wrap for this week's bonus edition interview episode with Kristen Hauser. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is sponsored by the Educators Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. (laughs) 